to another episode of Expressions Podcast. I'm super excited today because I have two uh, guests from uh, We Split the Party on YouTube. Uh, they are a DMV podcast. Oh! Little known fact about me, I love DMV. I'm super into it, so I'm really, really excited. Uh, to get into this conversation today. But before we do that, before I say hi to our two guests, I'd love to say hi to Mark. Mark, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, doing really well today. I've been, uh, as we were talking about before we went live, been watching the news from Southern Ontario and everybody digging out um, the 401. I understand it is uh, closed. So <laughs> um, I saw a lot of videos from early this morning where everybody was stranded on the highway. And uh, here in Thunder Bay, we had no snow today. So it was... Uh, a little different watching that yeah it's yeah. it's wild like my driveway um andrew was shoveling everything up and um i came out to help him for a bit but i'm so tired um and then later on in the day I, I look outside and the piles are like maybe like almost five feet high of snow um so it's it's crazy so uh Again, I'd like to get back into this. Um, I'm super excited to have both um, Mark Aaron Newman and Emily Ruffley today uh, from We Split the Party, a D&D podcast. I'm super excited to get talking to you guys. How are you guys doing today? I'm doing great. I'm so excited about you here. I, thanks for having us on. Yeah, thank you. Well, thanks for being here. No problem at all. No problem at all. Um, so, uh, for our listeners, um, basically, we are a creative uh, podcast. We talk to all sorts of different types of creators. And this is an avenue of creativity that I've been wanting to talk about for a long time because it's something pretty close to my heart. Um, uh, for you guys who are seasoned D&D players, could you guys explain a little bit about D&D and uh, kind of what goes into it? Um, why I say, I guess it's a very creative uh, uh, avenue to be in. Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, you. I don't know, I feel like anyone who plays D&D is just like naturally creative. Uh, if you're a DM, you're creating like a world full of vibrant characters and different environments. Um, and there's like a lot of work that goes into that. And then as a player, um, you're creating a character that is usually like there's always a part of yourself in the character so it's kind of like acting to me like you're learning how to role play or you're learning how to kind of like collaborate with other artists to tell a story which i think is really fun so i just think it's inherently creative <laughs> that's so much of it is that aspect of collaborative storytelling for me you know working as a group and not and, and telling a story when you can't really control the story either it's such a, a, an amazing, intense process, and it's so much fun. Yeah, it's it's awesome. Like as a as a player, like I think it's mind blowing. Like I could never, I don't think I could ever be a DM myself, a dungeon master, person that runs the the game, creates the world, because there's so much thought um, and storytelling and uh, character building and world building that goes into that. Um, and then as a player too, like it's it's a very creative mindset to be in. And uh, as Emily was saying before, there's a part of yourself in that character. Um, and sometimes it's hard to find where your personality starts and uh, stops 
in this character. <laughs> Sometimes it, it kind of takes over and uh, uh, you become really emotionally attached to these characters for sure. Um, oh, I mean, after playing for years with a particular character and kind of getting into their shoes and seeing how they work, it, it can become uh, really scary to kind of navigate, you know, what is a, a dangerous world that, you know, can potentially lead to a character's, you know, untimely demise. And, and that stuff can really, uh, uh, I mean, it can, it can stick with you for, for months if something unfortunate happens or even if something great happens, it can stick with you for a long time. Um, so, uh, Emily and Mark, what are your characters' names? And can you tell us a little bit about them? Okay, um, so my character's name is Thorn. Uh, uh, her class, um, if we're talking like D&D &D fancy stuff, uh, her class is Warlock. Um, so I have a another, like an otherworldly patron that gives me my magic. So it's not something that I'm inherently born with. It's something that I have acquired. Yeah, and she is a half-orc. Yeah. Um, my character's name is Joy. And Joy is a tiefling bard. He kind of... Uh, bards get their magic essentially from like the, the, the fabric of arts and, and, and yeah, well, they use the arts to kind of pull magic out of the world. Um, Joy in particular uses um, storytelling as his, as his uh, you know, uh, uh, way of pulling magic from the weave. Um, and he uh, leans into basically the, the love of his, his ex or his, his former partner. That's kind of what he uses to do that. Very neat, very neat. I, I was looking through some videos. I, I watched a little bit about um, kind of like the 0 0.5 sessions. I've watched both of those uh, fully through. To my understanding, Mark, one of your characters, I believe, died earlier on. Yeah. Uh, episode <laughs> yeah. one. Episode one. Uh, my, so, so this is the funny thing about creating these characters is I spent months leading up to the podcast, creating a character with uh, this backstory and, and talking about their family and how they got to where they were and their fears and, and uh, joys and, you know, things that they didn't even know about themselves yet. And first episode, he beefs it just right out of the gate. Uh, and you can't plan for that. And it's kind of caused the whole podcast to immediately take this hard right turn. And had I had, you know, two weeks after that to create a, a whole entire different character. Um, but that was, I mean, a very unique experience. I've never had that happen before, especially not uh, live and on the internet. My, my failings are there for everybody to see now. <laughs> no, it was perfect. So, <laughs> Just so added so much drama to the story. Uh, so what's your character for our viewers that wouldn't know? So once your character dies in the game, your, your character's done. You can't recycle that character. There are ways to uh, bring a character back to life, but at you know first level where we started, that those options aren't open to us. Okay. Um, and as time goes by, more of those options start to close, and so it, it seems very unlikely that this character is ever coming back. And now we're kind of, I mean, it, it's you know a dreadful storytelling in a way to, you know, open up all these avenues to, you know, what is 
uh, a life and all, drop all these hints and then immediately shut the door on those right away because you're never going to get a chance to explore those. And so we've got to be creative about that and finding new ways of exploring this character that we, we hardly ever met, really. Fair enough. So for, for you, you've put all this work and effort into building this character and building a backstory. Yeah. Um, I, and this is the way my, my mind works. So now, now you have to create another character. Yep. So would you then take that backstory and create a character that came out of it to come forward and maybe be another another person like from the bloodline or from a family or a, a community or whatever? You, uh, I mean, there's often jokes about that kind of uh, yeah. uh, way of handling it. Uh, I know that there are people who will always, I mean, they're talking about Lord of the Rings where uh, like Boromir died and then Faramir came out uh, out of the woodwork and, and has all the same qualities. And so it's like a D&D character who's died and, and the next person just brought in an exact carbon copy of the character and said, right. they're continuing the story. That is also, that's an option, but it's, you know, for me, it's a bit of a cop out. You, you, yeah. know, you know, you're telling a new story now. Yeah, and, and I would I would think too like maybe it wasn't um, that particular character. I'm, I'm not saying like a carbon copy, but somebody from the backstory. Like maybe it was a cousin. So instead of being a bard, maybe then it's a, a, the cousin that was the barbarian or something like that. Right? Totally. So I'm, I'm not sure whether you've got barbarians in yours, but they were. <laughs> we do. We do. We have yeah, a okay, great perfect. barbarian in, in, <laughs> in Mary. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely an option. I, I didn't end up taking that route. I, I decided to do something completely different. Um, okay. Yeah. Very cool. And I, I do find it interesting that both of you have characters that are um, magic um, as opposed to being uh, fighters or thieves or, or archers or something like that. Um, so that's that's interesting to me. Uh, yeah, we do have a um, relatively like magic heavy party. Okay, we have cool. one barbarian right and she's technically our only like melee martial class technically mark's original character was a monk yeah. i believe right so yeah you would have been a martial class too but we have a druid a wizard a warlock and a bard and then a yeah. barbarian yeah it's actually magic plays a a, a bit of a unique uh, role in we split the party specifically um our dm has kind of created a world where magic essentially had left the world for a hundred years and has just seen a resurgence in the last seven years. And we're kind of not sure what it is. And so in our backstories, I think that kind of pulled all of us together in this way that, that we could feel safe as a party because we all had that, you know, magical leaning. Um, so it works from a storytelling point of view as well. That's very cool. That's that awesome. cool. Yeah. yeah that's interesting. Yeah. Mark, you mentioned earlier that uh, before we started recording that you dabbled a little bit in D&D um, &D, uh, years ago when you were younger. What kind of uh, character did you play back then? Uh, I'm trying to remember. I probably had uh, some, I, I When I get into a fantasy realm, when I start to think of things um, like that, I try to go as far left as i can or if i don't call it i don't want to call it left or right somebody might think i'm talking politically here but so and as far into the outfield as i can um so that it's so much not like me like i'm always the conservative one i'm always the one um like uh if if, if somebody's going to get caught for something it's me right so i always try and have that um that character like if i'm thinking of a fantasy it's always that person that is so far removed from what i am so um usually it was uh, some sort of a fighter whether it be a barbarian or um, i dabbled in having thieves and things like that that would steal and um 
you know, there was, I, I think when we were talking earlier, you talked about a, a, a campaign that was a complete party kill. Um, and one of the ones we did, I was a, a thief and I had stolen some sort of a flaming thing and put it in a bag of holding. I'm trying, I'm, I'm not even sure that these are still things that just they absolutely are. What, I, what I'm remembering from my childhood because it was like grade seven. So like, the, like I said, 20 years ago. This story could have happened like three months ago and yeah. I wouldn't have blinked an eye. And, and um, so some something happened and, and I had like this lamp and like I'm thinking like a lamp, like a, a table lamp. So there was something that was drawing the party in. So I reached in my bag of holding and I grabbed this lamp and they said, well, what do you do? And I'm like, well, I'll turn it on so that we can see. And this, and it was drawing us in. They said, well, what do you do? And I'll get, well, I throw it. Well, of course it's an oil lamp. And of course I, then of course the, the DM rolls and I cover everybody in oil and the, the lamp is on. So it's lit. And of course now everybody's on fire and they're like the entire party died and they're all just like, <laughs> yeah. like, and I'm like, yeah, you guys weren't doing anything. They're like, we couldn't. You were the only one that wasn't being drawn because you were the thief. And I'm like, I don't know. So it, we're done, right? It was, we were, I don't know, half an hour into the campaign or something. And that was probably the last game I played. Um, it was pretty demoralizing. <laughs> this, this, this is incredible for me, though, because this speaks to like the power of this like collaborative storytelling is that you still remember the story very distinctly from seventh grade from the one time you played D&D in the past. Yeah. Like that is so many, so many times where we can be sitting in a group of us and just talking about this one thing that happened in, you know, we, we still talk about, you know, the death of Echo because it was such a ridiculous thing to happen. And what happened with um, uh, Thorne afterward, Emily's character was like, I, I still, get excited about this, you know, in the middle of the night sometimes, like, it's really <laughs> cool. Um, I, and I, I don't know if, like, you want to say what happens? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, because, like, part of my character um, is I have a wild magic table, which means I can roll wild magic surges, uh, but I don't know what spell I'm going to cast. I also cast, scale, uh, like, spells at levels that I shouldn't be able to by using this table and I rolled basically an impossible roll in the first game. Um, I rolled as well as I could on the table and then I had to roll a D hundred, a D 100 and I got a 100. So if wow. he was going to be revived, it would have happened. Yeah. It was not meant to be. It was, but, it was close. Yeah. Yeah. So close. And it's like, that's like a one in a million shot. Like you do not roll 100 ever. Yeah. Yeah, especially, you know, live and on camera. Yeah, game one. <laughs> it was great. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, I've heard about the wild magic table, and I think that's very, very, very interesting. And uh, also high risk, high reward type yeah. of situation. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's a fun mechanic if you enjoy chaos, which yeah. I do. Yeah. <laughs> that's amazing. That's amazing. Um, yeah, so, like, I think that, just in general like uh, we're all talking about our stories and and that kind of thing if you guys are curious like the character i regularly play is a, a changeling yeah um and oh. uh, it's oh, cool. uh, i am multi-classed as well so i'm a bard initially like uh joy um and then i multi-classed into warlock <laughs> oh, cool. so it's like a combination of what you guys uh, have there as well so it's kind of it's kind of cool um and uh it's very interesting like 
my backstory of how I multiclassed into Warlock really tied into my story. Um, because I was like in this forest, it's magical and that kind of thing. I got really attached to the story, to the forest, uh, to the origin of uh, that, uh, the magic that came out of that. And uh, because of that attachment, I got powers from the forest. And that's how I passed into mm-hmm. Warlock. Um, so it's, you know, it's, it's super fun. Um, I'm kind of like geeking out about all this stuff. (laughs) Um, (laughs) That's what we're here for. (laughs) Yeah. So um, out of curiosity, like uh, you guys are also a podcast as well. Um, Do you guys uh, like we're recording virtually right now um, and I've seen bits of your podcast. Do you guys all get together in one spot? to record it looks like you do in the videos yeah yes. we do so we're working out of a like a studio in toronto okay um and then they have all the cameras set up we have our set set up uh we're all together in the same room so it's like a it's a full production <laughs> yeah i mean uh, we would be amiss not to mention the fact that we have an incredible crew of people uh more more crew than we deserve more dedicated than we'll ever deserve they are you know amazing they come in early to set up cameras for us and, and check uh, sound equipment. Uh, they do live uh, uh, camera switching and sound effects and music and everything. And it's just, a, it's a huge production that we really don't deserve, but we love them for it. That's that sounds pretty cool. I think uh, Aurora will have to make sure when this uh, episode gets posted that we put a, a link to their podcast uh, below. For sure. Actually, I was going to do a screen share. Um, so... Uh, let me see if I can get this going here. You guys got me excited when you talked about warlocks, but for me, warlock usually means something different because that the guitar over my shoulder here that's a warlock. Oh, yeah, it is a warlock, so So I guess I'm I'm, uh, sharing screen now. You guys can see this, right? Yeah, we can see, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so uh, your podcast is We Split the Party. I know you guys are on YouTube. Are you on any other platforms? Uh, we're on Twitch, Spotify, basically anywhere you can get a podcast. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Yeah, we've got a, a whole bunch of things going on. But usually like people will either watch live on YouTube or Twitch, and then all of the videos go on to YouTube. Yeah. Awesome. So you record live, um, and then you um, it, and you stream it at the same time. So there's viewers live watching it. Yeah, yeah. that's super awesome. fun. And you get to see like the people talk in chat. Like I don't watch while we're playing the game, but I'll watch the episodes after to see what everyone's saying. Watching people kind of get excited for our, our terrible decision making is is <laughs> just incredible great. experience. It's so fun, um, and like the memes that are generating around our characters as well. <laughs> Never would have expected that, but it's also a lot of fun. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's I saw cool. some fan art and stuff as well on your Instagram feed, yeah. uh, which yeah. is really cool. I guess uh, fan art going. I'm spoiled with fan art and I like it. <laughs> <laughs> it is it is a, a, a kind of a shocking experience when you see these, like, uh, you know, pictures. We had a... a um, Oh, I'm, I'm missing the word all of a sudden. When people write fan literature about your oh, characters, fan fiction, fan fiction, fan, fan fiction 
uh, we've had fan fiction about our characters get sent wow. to us, and that is, and, and and none of it's lewd, which is even more. <laughs> hey, we're just getting started, okay? I'm I, sure. I'm looking forward to the first one that you know. <laughs> it's gonna yeah, involve Cal. Yeah, we all know it. Hurts when I receive it, but until then, I, I it's really fun to read this. Um, wow. And, and people really kind of understanding your character too. Uh, it, it it's really satisfying to realize that you've kind of communicated you know their values to to people yeah it's nice when your character like resonates with another person because yeah, yeah it, it, it's just it's just nice to share something with someone else even if it's like through video or a podcast or yeah well, it's, yeah go ahead it's a story right mm -hmm. so you're you're creating a story and the, and the story unfolds for your viewership uh, so that they're creating fan fiction like any any storyteller any any author any uh, any movie producer that, that uh, you know screenwriter they've all got uh, people writing fan fiction and and doing fan art uh, for those characters so it, it would just it would sort of make sense because what you're doing is you're entertaining people with your with your story and uh, people are living vicariously through you so yeah. I think that's pretty cool when you tell me that all this is happening and that you've got fan fiction coming in and uh, whatnot. Um, that's pretty uh, cool. We're, we're so fortunate. Like I, I can't even describe how, how lucky I feel to be a, a part of this group and, and to have, you know, the fans that we have and have the viewers that are, are always watching every single time we go live. It's, it's, it's incredible. How, how many people are in your group that are like actual players and dungeon master? Uh, there are uh, six of us who are currently playing, one Dungeon Master and five players. Okay. Um, and then we have uh, probably six crew that are there every time and, and a total of, you know, 12 people that help out behind the scenes in some way. Okay. Very cool. And and how did, now obviously you, you mentioned you're all getting together in one sort of studio environment. How did COVID affect this um, like with your, with you guys all getting together as, as a group? Well, I mean, yeah. so but because they've kind of, uh, or Alex has set it up where we are a production company, so yeah. we kind of fall under in the entertainment field. Yeah. So technically, we can still run through COVID. Obviously, now we're doing like rapid tests and things like that when yeah. we get to the studio, which I'm not super thrilled about, but I'll do it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> well, rapid tests isn't as bad as the full PCR. Like it's just it's a shallow. You say form. that, but I Instead stepped of... into that studio and they made it sound like I was sticking something so far up my nose. Oh, no, no, <laughs> yeah, that's that's touching smart. my brain, and I was like, no, 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 no. I've seen yeah. this on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, believe me, there's a box of them behind me on the shelf. I mean, oh, right. we, we do them all the time, and my my wife is a nurse, so there you um, go. They're all, not as we, bad. We're, we're, we're she does more often than I do because she sees patients. But uh, I yeah. genuinely think, yeah, you guys yeah. are taking it a little too seriously. And then I'm just like, no, guys, it just goes. It does not go that far up your nose. I swear to God, <laughs> <laughs> the internet, the internet cannot be wrong. We're, we're not, we're not nurses. We, we're, we're entertainers. We're, well, but uh, I guess, I guess, really, to, to keep going with that line of questioning, how did the uh, the cast and the, and the crew? Uh, react to it like did you have anybody that dropped out because they were nervous and didn't want to come back in, into the environment where they were close um have you had any scares no scares and no i, I mean so so we, we took yeah i know i know I'm, I'm saying this now um we took uh some time off during december when omicron really uh took off uh and a few of our cast came down with uh omicron during that time 
yeah. but they had all kind of recovered by the time we we relaunched in January, and now we're you know separating our cast and crew. We're masked up when we're not on set, uh, and we're getting rapid tested. It, it's I mean it's not a perfect scenario, but we're doing the best we can, and and we haven't lost anyone over it. Okay, uh, well, yeah, great to hear. and great we kind hear. of started like during COVID too. Yeah. Like there was never a time before COVID where we were in studio together. So I feel like everyone's just kind of used to it at this point. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, good. Um, I mentioned earlier that I wanted to kind of get into your origin, like how you guys got into D&D. And I guess there's two parts to this question. How you guys came to be, we split the party uh, cast members. And then uh, I guess further to that, how uh, you became interested in D&D and how it became this big part of, of your life role-playing and, and all that. Uh, yeah, we can start with Mark. Uh, yeah, I, I I only say, I only pointed at myself because uh, I kind of was involved in this project a little bit before Emily was. Um, Whatever. I had yeah, a yeah, yet. No, I'm, I'm, yeah, I know. Keep I'm bragging, it's fine. We with the party OGs, really. Um, so Alex is our DM, uh, Alex Gallagher. Uh, we haven't mentioned his name enough. Right now, he is an incredible DM. Uh, he's uh, smart as can be. He's super motivated. He's excited. He's created a very large uh, living world that we kind of exist in on the on the the podcast. And so he deserves all the praise in the world because um, this is all really his vision in the end. Um, I met Alex through Facebook. Uh, me and a, a friend of mine's uh, our, our campaign kind of dissolved suddenly when our DM decided to move back to the UK, and, and so I saw Alex looking for players because he had just moved to the city and so i i pinged him and we kind of made a, a party of just three of us and as alex was going he started making other friends and he started pulling them into uh other campaigns and then he just basically amalgamated all the campaigns and in this whole time we're like we're having so much fun we really just want to you know let, let's just let's just start live streaming it. let's just put it live and see what happens uh and it, it was kind of this casual conversation until once again alex is uh, took it and and ran with it and got excited about it and you know from from going to talking about you know just live streaming it we're all of a sudden talking about studios and sets and and sound equipment and it became this massive uh, thing and and it was just exciting for us to be a part of it and then uh, uh, that's where we got myself and uh, Joel and Justin uh, who are also on the podcast as uh, uh, Gilwin and Cal respectively. Uh, they were, we were just all friends playing D and D in a basement for a while. Uh, and as we started to grow, we started picking up new cast members and that's kind of where Emily came in and I'll let Emily take up the story from up, up from there, I guess. Yes. How I joined the party. Um, it was a fateful day on Facebook and I saw, I basically, Alex had posted, um, just a little blurb on one of the Toronto looking for gamers pages um, about wanting to start a podcast. And I had already been interested in being a part of a podcast. This is not my first rodeo. Um, the first project didn't really work out. Um, so I was kind of expecting, you know, I applied right away, which was great. Um, but I was kind of expecting, oh, yeah, we're just going to be like, having microphones in somebody's basement and no one's going to see my face then it's just going to be like a fun game with some fun new people hopefully honestly and when you apply to games on facebook it's kind of a toss-up 
um, my first DM has warned me that it's like, I am not a basic D&D player. I have a lot of experience. So sometimes you can get games where you're maybe playing with people who don't have as much experience as you, or they're playing in a style that you don't enjoy. Um, so I recommend shopping around. If you don't find the first hit, like the best party the first time around, you'll find one, I swear. Seconded, yes. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, I was adopted into the party like a stray cat from Facebook. Um, <laughs> there was a bit of like an auditioning process. <laughs> I was thrown into a Jumanji uh, themed game that Mark ran. Yeah, that's right. I ran a one shot called Jumanji. It's pretty um, great. So awesome. copyrights can't get us. <laughs> and then yeah they uh decided they liked me and now i'm part of the cast <laughs> yeah that's awesome that's, that's pretty cool now when when you get together on on your wednesday nights for your um for your gathering do you are you continuing the same tale from last time or are you starting a new adventure uh we're continuing yeah we're, okay. we're moving through the story we have we have long-term goals and we're kind of you know, sharing bits and pieces of our characters slowly over time. Uh, I know that there are people that kind of do that, uh, you know, monster of the week style every, every day, different one shot. Uh, it totally works. But for us, we wanted to kind of tell this, this long form storytelling that we find very rewarding. Okay. Yeah. Cause I, I noticed when I look at your YouTube page, the, the episodes are all uh, varying lengths. Some of them are, you know, around about an hour, but there's a couple of that are w well over two hours. So, uh, uh, how, how does that happen? Does it combat? Uh, <laughs> yeah. 100 combat. If it's longer, there's probably combat in it. Yeah. Okay. Um, so we record every second Wednesday, uh, and we have a break in, in the middle of the session. And uh, what we do is we take the first half of the session, release it one week, and then the second half and release it the next week. Okay. Uh, sometimes we have to cut early because of technical difficulties. Sometimes uh, we have combat, which you know can get. Uh, 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 out of hand really fast and go a little bit long. Uh, okay. And so it, there, there's no real solid measure. We try to keep them at like two hours a piece, but it, it doesn't happen sometimes. It varies. Like, I mean, it's a, it's a freeform storytelling thing. So we don't have kind of like a cookie cutter way to break it down. Uh, oh, yeah. And we're in, the players are, are not watching the clock. If anything, maybe Alex is. But uh, yeah, we try to, you know, find a good place to stop for whatever the session is or yeah. like leave a cliffhanger at the end sort of thing. Looking desperately for that bookend sometimes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> like, where is it? Yeah, I, I can kind of speak to this as well. Like I play D&D every Saturday um, with a group of friends, which I've been friends with them uh, for many years now. And it, it kind of worked out that we were all kind of interested in, in it. We play board games and stuff. And some games will go like maybe like two hours or something like that. Some games will go five, six, seven hours. Um, uh, if we have like a short day where someone needs to go, then we have like an hour session or something like that. And for sure, if there's a big battle, there's combat, the, the session is super long. <laughs> um, you guys can yeah. kind of speak to this as well, but uh, there's a surprising difference between uh, releasing some audio for podcasts for other people as opposed to doing it for yourself. And yeah. I can I can see that there must be a difference between like having a conversation casually with a, a friend versus you know actually trying to have a something that you can release to the public. And so that has been always on the back of our head of, of 
you know, how do we, you know, make sure that this isn't, uh, you know, masturbatory for uh, lack of a better word, how, how do, this is, it's supposed to be, you know, fun for ourselves and we really want to have fun for ourselves, but we have to kind of constantly be thinking of our audience as well. Definitely. Circling back to that question at the very beginning, how did you guys fall in love with D&D in total? Uh, how did you find it? How did you discover it? Um, I think I discovered D&D through my brother, basically. So, like, my brother introduced me to D&D initially. Um, and there was a few years there where, like, I tried a game here and there. Um, but I never really, like, fell in love with a campaign or, like, found a dungeon master that I wanted to play with for, like, a long period of time. Um, I was working at a car factory, uh, and it gave me a lot of time to listen to, like, other D&D podcasts. Um, so I would say that's kind of how I fell in love with it, uh, just listening to other creators and um, kind of just how they were, you know, putting it out there in the world. Um, and then... I met my first like long-term DM hunter on Facebook as well. <laughs> we were <laughs> part of a um, Dungeons and Dragons gifting group. So you would like send a book to someone and they would send you a book or you would send them dice and then someone else would send you dice. So I sent him a birthday gift and about a year later, he um, is a professional DM. So he is uh, hosting like pay to play games online. And over COVID, he was kind of uh, wanting to test out some new one-shots for free, um, just try to get people into the game. Um, so I applied for one of his games, and then we started a campaign, which lasted about like a year or so. And then, yeah, now I'm addicted to D&D. &D. And if uh, <laughs> people don't like that, that's fine. <laughs> I'm living my best life. <laughs> And that's that's, that's awesome. what it's all about, right? If you're happy, then who cares what everybody else thinks? Exactly. So you're not, you're not hurting just, anybody, right? Exactly. Yeah. And it's nice. It's like a it's a fun hobby that doesn't harm anyone, and it allows <laughs> me to be creative, which I enjoy, and I get to connect with people that maybe I haven't met in person. I'm going to yeah. Hunter's wedding. We have not met in person yet. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Very cool. So you you said there that it doesn't harm anybody, and and I'm gonna first off, I agree with you. I think it's it's uh, it's a fantasy realm. It's it's completely it's made up. It's it's the story that you guys are all interacting with. You you sort of um, when I was a kid, it was the choose your own adventure books where you you had, you had the choices and you flip back and forth. Exactly. I, I, I think those are still a thing. Now. With with that said, uh, obviously you're you're pretty free in talking about uh, Dungeons and Dragons and uh, you're talking about wizards. Have you run into anybody who finds out or you, you're talking about it and they and they sort of are shocked that you're playing that type of game and they don't agree with the, yeah. the game or the lifestyle that they feel that it portrays? I mean, this was a bigger problem in like the 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 80s and 90s with all the satanic panic. But I uh, I mean, the closest I can say is like you know my I have. I had to explain it to my family for quite a long time before they're like, and people are watching you do this. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. And they're enjoying this. And I'm like, yeah, for the most part. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's, it, it's kind of, D and D is something that you have to play. You have to get into it. Um, and you have to be lucky to get into it. Cause there's so many people I know who had a bad experience the first time and never went back. <laughs> yeah. It, it is normal. Cause, uh, you know, no matter what hobby you get into, there are people who are just, you know, bad people. 
Yeah, or the um, gatekeepers. The gate- uh, yeah. Right? yeah. Oh, like, oh, you're new, you're not worth my time. Yeah, I get that. Totally. Or or they use D&D for uh, nefarious purposes to 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 fulfill a, a power fantasy of, uh, of theirs alone. And, and you have to kind of find a group that cheers on each other as much as they're looking to, you know, fulfill these yeah. uh, these fantasies themselves. Yeah. Um, you can get very much unlucky when you're looking for these groups. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but but once you do find that that connection, I I'm convinced that D and D is for everybody. There's something in there for everybody. You know, for me, it's it's uh, role playing and storytelling. Um, I I love that aspect of you know surprising my friends and and you know telling something that that they never heard before. Uh, there are people. There are things for the numbers geeks who just want to you know min max a character that can break the game. Uh, my friend Todd being being one of them who who just wants to make make it difficult for the DM. Um, <laughs> but there's 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 something in there for everybody. Yeah, and like well, stay on that cool. note. It's like there. I, I don't want to say there's like bad D and D players, but there are some people oh. who play D and D for the wrong reasons. Um, if you that like because when you're playing D and D properly in my opinion it's like you're still allowing yourself to be vulnerable and like you want to collaborate with these other people so if you get shut down or someone is abusive towards you like i would say you know that's not the right party for you first of all (laughs) put your boundaries down because you're allowed to have boundaries when you play D &D, and consent is important if someone does someone something that you have not consented to they're a bad person (laughs) and you should not be playing with them Move regardless on, of what else. they've done that you didn't consent to it doesn't matter what it is yeah yeah exactly yeah. and that's something good D players talk about before they start the game right okay i yeah. think some people get into D and don't have those discussions which is an issue um i've had players in other games be like you always want to be emotionally invested but there there's a line where it yeah. becomes like the line of reality and the game start to blur and then they just become obsessed with it and they can't let it go. If something bad happens in the game, they're miserable for weeks. I'm like, there is that kind of bleed that I don't enjoy. Okay. Some people do. And, you know, <laughs> D&D is not a replacement for therapy. Yeah. <laughs> Are we all working out our issues? Yes. But yeah, we should oh, do so safely. <laughs> it, yeah. It, it's funny that, uh, like Emily mentions that because all, all my characters, there's a little piece of like something about myself that I'm I'm not uh, super comfortable with that I'm kind of looking to explore in that way, and that's that's a big nugget of where I get you know character ideas from is is just being like I don't what's going on there with myself, what happens when I when I take that notch and I, I put it into a new person and turn it up to you know a hundred, yeah, what comes out of that. And it, it, it can be a great learning experience. But yeah, you have to constantly be con- uh, aware of the other people in your group and making sure that you're not uh, uh, hurting them or making them uncomfortable throughout the whole process. Uh, yeah. Session zeros, guys. Do your session zeros. Very uh, yeah, uh, that's that's your pre-session where you talk about what you're comfortable with. Uh, super important for new groups to do that. I recommend yeah. it for everybody. Excellent. Yeah, I, I really do feel like it is an emotional game. Like you connect to your character, you put a little piece of yourself into that. But then uh, if you're having a bad day or let's say your DM is having a bad day or something like that, that can't bleed into the game. Because if it yeah. does, then that's when you get that bad experience uh, that, uh, you know, Mark uh, 
had and you know i i have had some of that and in some games games after playing for you know three years consistently there's really great games uh, most of the time it's really really great games and then there's other games where it just you know seems a little off seems a little like unbalanced a bit mm-hmm. um and it's because of one reason or another right um so it it's it's really really interesting to kind of see that and um and it's an important to revisit that too like yes have a session zero but every once in a while check in again with your your team with your group outside of actually playing um and even like my dm likes to do like these after session talks he likes to hear about how we felt about what went on the game what we liked what we didn't like whatever and i think that's really really good to put into that uh, because then there's an open line of you know communication of you know, maybe we didn't feel so good about one thing, but we really, really loved this part of the, like the story, this part of the art, mm-hmm. and uh, he adapts things to that, and it's it's really great. Yeah, because I feel like the DM wants to create a game that the players want to play, right? Yeah. So yeah. if you can have that open line of communication, it definitely facilitates that and makes it a lot easier. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would see that. Like, I, I you kind of surprised me when you said you knew the one DM that does the the pay to play on online and i thought what i mean it, i don't know why i never thought that would be there but when you said it it just completely makes sense that mm-hmm. you know why why would you not have that um but for that particular person if he's got uh customers coming in that don't have a good time and his whole thing is oh yeah i took down three three parties today and uh, complete total kills what fun <laughs> is that for you uh, as a as a player like you you have to be able to advance as a player as well and yeah, if he's yeah. not allowing for that advancement, then it's no fun. So you really have to be good at the craft, and, and really, as the person that's interweaving that story, you have to be good at it. So, yeah. um, I, I'm convinced you can't DM without it, it becoming like an absolute gift that you're giving to your players. Like you put so much work into the story, you put so much work into like the plot points and the beats and the surprises and the the characters that you create and the the. I don't know the silly voices and the and the miniatures you paint and the terrains you build, um, and all, all these parts. It, it involves so much work just to do a four-hour session. Uh, that I think the best DMs are just creating something for their friends, and that's what it feels like working with Alex all the time. It's like he's created something for us. He's created a a, a, a toy box for us to play in. That's so awesome! That's so awesome. I do kind of want to touch on the uh, aspect of D&D that isn't actually the role-playing or the storytelling. Mark mentioned earlier the miniatures and, you know, the the little things, the dice, uh, that kind of stuff. I mean, realistically, to play D&D, you realistically only need a DM who can build a world, create characters and all that kind of thing, and a bunch of willing role-playing characters. You can use the online dice uh you can build maps online with like tools like roll 20 or even just like you know drawing something and putting it up on discord like it's a very cheap and easy game to get into without having to invest so much but if you're really into it there's the other side um where i've seen people i've played with who have hundreds of dice and all these little miniatures and maps that are completely hand-drawn and stuff like wow. that. Um, like any good nerdy hobby. Yeah. It can be expensive. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, how about that for you guys? 
um, like, are you super into buying dice or, you know, <laughs> little miniatures or drawing maps? Or is it more about the storytelling? And... I spend all my money on fan art. Of my own <laughs> <laughs> legitimately <laughs> i love it so much i love i love just like you know my friends are great artists and i love paying them <laughs> to yeah. create make my character a reality on paper because it's just so it's just so nice to like visually see what your character looks like from inside your head to on paper or even see someone else's interpretation of your character yeah. That's like yeah. my favorite thing. Like I have dice, but I don't have that many dice. <laughs> um, Emily and I realized something just a couple of weeks ago that we are the two cast members uh, of We Split the Party that suffer from uh, aphantasia. So neither of us can actually imagine things in our own heads uh, w when we are imagining like even the basic things like a star or something like that. We just can't come up with anything at all. It's all just black. Um, it, it's somewhat common. A lot of people actually suffer from it, but it's funny that that both of us love seeing pictures of our characters because we can't yeah. actually imagine that in our own heads i've never heard of that although now that you've said it i can think of one like because now would that go into like when you look up at the sky and you see a cloud do you not see a dolphin or a whale or a oh i, I can see a dolphin or a whale oh, okay. Okay. at a cloud it, it's but, just if i were to think about what that dolphin looks like after closing my eyes i could not imagine that okay so if you're reading a if you're reading a book and they describe a character you can't your mind's eye doesn't give you that character? No. Not really. I get like, oh, wow. um, okay. especially when they describe characters in books, I can, you know, see the color of their hair. Yeah. But when you get to like facial features, it's a, okay. it's, um, it's a it, bit of a blank slate. Yeah. <laughs> okay. okay. Like I don't picture an actor or anything. I feel yeah. like some people see things in their mind, like it's, beautiful hd and for me it's like oh i yeah. can picture a banana but if that if it's a monster banana with teeth like i don't know what that looks like yeah we were doing this oh. on the cast we're like can you imagine a field and like yeah i can imagine grass and like the yeah. winds blowing through the grass and i'm like no i got nothing like, <laughs> i got i got oh. vaguely maybe the color green i don't know yeah <laughs> and i just see like photos that i've seen yeah. before yeah okay okay yeah, because like I, I think about like when I read a book, I can envision that character. Yeah. Um, like the, the biggest letdown for me was when Interview with the Vampire came out and Tom Cruise was Lestat. <laughs> it, was like, it doesn't look like him, you know. <laughs> and, uh, and so that was, yeah. and even my wife said that's not what I envisioned Lestat. Yeah, and right. see, I never have that disappointment. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, the Harry so Potter movies are never a lot of for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. Okay. Very cool. Uh, yeah, that's, but we, that's, we're. Uh, we so would you about, say like, that like that stifles you guys in in playing or is it just like you take it to that extreme where you ask for that uh you know uh that friend of yours who does art to make the character and then you can see it in your head type yeah because i feel like it's, it's easier for me to relay the idea of what i think she would look like and some have someone else interpret it because i am unable to interpret it myself oh. uh alex did a lot more work on my familiar than he probably needed to because <laughs> I couldn't I, I couldn't I couldn't visualize what I wanted it to look like because I had no frame of reference for what a small fantasy creature should look like okay because I'd never mm. seen a picture of it I also Neat. couldn't build my own mini he built my mini for me yeah. <laughs> that's awesome yeah. that's cool role-playing isn't really a, a problem for me because I I I'm, I essentially just put myself in their shoes 
Mm-hmm. It's not it's not so much of me imagining what they would do, but just being what they would be doing. Yeah. And it, it means that my characters probably have more of myself in them than than I would have otherwise liked them to have. But it 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 makes it really easy and, and rewarding to role play because it's kind of like my imagination all of a sudden now that, you know, I, I'm just, you know, pretending to be something I'm I I'm not. I I'm embodying them by by taking on their mannerisms and, and you know, their posture and even how they like hold their jaw when they're in a tense argument, like that kind of stuff. Uh, you you will see me when I'm on stream. Like if somebody says, "Oh, something's over your shoulder," I will like actually look over my shoulder, even though it's a green screen. Uh, but it, that's just how I get into my character. Oh, that's neat. That's, that is interesting. That's really cool. Yeah, really. I I guess it really gets you into the role play uh, itself. Oh, yeah. 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 Yeah, becoming the character. That's that is uh, that's neat. Yeah. That's neat. Yeah. Oh. Uh, Oh, have you lost Aurora? Uh, just your camera. No, I'm still on. For some reason, uh, it just shut off. Yeah. So usually yeah. I'm the one with the cheapest camera, and mine never cuts out. But the <laughs> hey, you're making it work. Yeah. That's right. A little, little reset. So we're, we've gone. Uh, we're we're coming up to 50 minutes here. Um, did you want to do the three questions, Aurora? Yeah, yeah. So we're coming to a close, but before we do that, Mark, do you have any last questions you want to ask? Oh, I'm good. This has been a great conversation. I appreciate you guys being here. Well, thanks, guys. Awesome. Yeah, thanks and, for and being I see, on. I see your kitty, Emily. What's your kitty's oh, name? That's my, kitty. my kitty who is down here is Marshall. Marshall He's very, very, cool. very cute. Come here, buddy. Ugh. He'll allow me to pick him up. There the other go. one is a, a little... <laughs> she doesn't like to be picked up. I can hold it for like 30 <laughs> seconds and then she's like, I'm out. <laughs> see that aurora i just got you a cat on the screen there. yes yeah we were talking about cats earlier before you came on mark and uh it's quite a, quite yeah. an elaborate cat tree i see yeah, yeah. they're falling apart like i really need to get a new one but i'm just uh i'm waiting till that one falls over <laughs> <laughs> make the most use of it right exactly yeah if a if a cat tree falls over, it just becomes a different cat tree. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, 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 and if there's no one in the room, does it make a sound? That's <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. I had, um, I guess, one last quick question before we get into the three questions. Um, what uh, What would you say is kind of your most? Oh my goodness, what's going on with my camera? <laughs> um, I guess we'll just go with my audio because my camera is probably going to cut out. Um, last bit here i don't know what's going on with it um but what is your most i guess proud moment in the campaign that you're in right now what is that that moment that you go back to and your character like just you know you know won the situation or you know you were really emotionally connected what would that moment be um i i think that my proudest moments are all in specific interactions I've had with different players. Um, I, I can't think of a, a one moment where like Joy really came into his own and, and became uh, uh, where he had a defining moment yet, because we are kind of still early on this, but I think mm-hmm. that his, what I'm proud of is that interaction where I can, I can see his opinions kind of coming out a little bit more, um, especially with his interactions with uh, Thorne uh, Emily's character and uh, Cal, which is Justin's character, because with Thorn, I, I found him taking on this like confused, almost caretaker role, um, based off of his 
past relationship, which was with another half orc. And so when he saw this, you know, teenage half orc, he kind of felt responsible for her all of a sudden. So that was kind of like a, a, a moment which I didn't see coming, but it just kind of came up organically. And then with um, Cal, because I think Cal's a, a, a bit of a blowhard. Um, I think that he's not here, so I can say that. I think that Joy, <laughs> Joy, Joy likes to take the piss out of him. And I think that in, in our in our normal interactions, Justin is the one that pushes my buttons all the time. And so in character, when I can push his buttons instead, it, it's very rewarding. <laughs> it's very funny when it happens. <laughs> uh, what about you? Oh, man. Anytime I can make Alex sweat, even just a little as DM, I'm like, yeah. I have achieved my goal for the day. <laughs> when he, like, there was one combat scenario where he could have killed me. It was, it was this close, but he didn't. <laughs> <laughs> and I am incredibly proud that I survived. Oh, wow. That's, that's when you're, um, I like that that you can you can sort of play back and forth and and like to say you make the DM sweat so that's yeah. That's, that's <laughs> yeah. a good one there because um, quite often it's them making you do all the sweating so it's always uh, always good to uh, good to have uh, that yeah I think that I think that that's the gold standard is that he's kind of we're, we're living in his world right and so when we can surprise him with something that we've done mm -hmm. uh, there's there's no better feeling than that it's super super fun or like yeah. Cal or um, Justin regularly out talks Alex oh, and gets yeah. exactly what we want. And I'm like, this is great. I stole a bag of holding by accident. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think we had a moment after, uh, after we, we broke that day because we were like, Oh wow. We didn't ex expect your character to steal that, that, <laughs> that highly expensive item. And you're like, I didn't think I stole it. <laughs> that was an accident. <laughs> and now how did, how, how do you steal something by accident? So uh, genuinely as a player, I thought yeah. he was giving it to us. So oh, okay. I asked for the bag. Okay. Assuming that it was being given to us. And well, then he's it, like, oh. It, it, was like a, it was like a store owner told us, oh, like, okay. oh, go, go downstairs and you can purchase this item downstairs. Um, Emily went and thought that the, this this owner of this business was offering it for free. And so she told the, the person working behind the desk there that, oh, it's for free. And uh, made a, a deception check that she wasn't expecting to have to make, but she actually succeeded and then walked away with it uh, before realizing what had happened. Well, there you go. Yeah. There you go. It's, it's akin to how, having somebody at uh, at the superstore uh, load a TV in your car for you that you didn't pay for. It. Yeah, exactly. hey, you yeah. It, it's much. wearing the reflective vest when you walk into the Best Buy, right? You can just walk out with anything. <laughs> perfect. <laughs> this is this is the How to Steal Things podcast now. Yep. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, I'm we regularly to... asked to roll for cuteness. <laughs> okay. <laughs> perfect. Um, hopefully Aurora's, uh, technical difficulties will have her come back on because, uh, she's on the control end of things when, mm. uh, Oh goodness. You know what? It's the here. magic of editing, you know, That's right. no it's one just, will ever know. <laughs> we could have a D and D podcast in this stream right now. Yeah. <laughs> just, just start yeah. a whole new campaign right now while we're waiting for Aurora. 
It does. It does happen uh, periodically. So basically, what we'll do is we'll get into the questions. Um, so the first one is uh, we talk about because Aurora and I are both photographers, um, and uh, when we talk photography, a lot of times that we we have like there's always a what's in your bag. So what what's your tool to trade? So for for you guys as uh, as role playing characters, what's that one tool that you use to create? Um, and it doesn't have to be a physical tool. It can be it can be anything. Uh, so one thing that you have with you when you're uh, starting on a new campaign? Uh, notebook. Um, notebook. Everyone okay. can attest that I am the most meticulous note taker that we have uh, on the, the cast. I write everything down. Um, and it, it kind of falls on me to kind of regurgitate these, these you know, plot points later. Yeah. Uh, but it, it's, you don't want to be stuck in a situation where your, your character should know something like the person they met yesterday when, yeah. you know, in actual fact it was, you know, a, a month ago in, in, in real lifetime. And okay. uh, for me, it breaks immersion. So I want to have those notes, you know, complete and available to me at all times. Okay. Excellent. And then Emily, what about you? Uh, I think it's a really good tool to just ask other people questions. Um, like when I'm trying to connect with someone else's character, I'm going to ask them a question about their character in character. Okay. Um, mm -hmm. Cause it's a really, uh, easy way to get people to engage in role play with you. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And it's a, it, for back. people who are like um, <laughs> new to improv or role play too. Yeah. It's just a good, it's a simple but easy tool to get them in character and okay. then, you know, get them talking. Yeah. Okay. So that's the biggest wow. part. Yeah. Excellent. Um, that's excellent. So the, the next question that we have is what is your jam? So what is that one song that just gets you going? Uh, you know, you're having a, having an off day or you're a tired day or you've got to get into something. What's that one song you can put on that just gets you moving? Uh, go for first. Yeah. So, so I'm going to give a, 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 a shout out to a, a big piece of, uh, a, 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 an album that I actually based the character of joy off of uh uh are you writing this down now you didn't know this did you no. uh this this there's an album by a vancouver artist called dan mangan it's called nice nice very nice um okay. and uh within it uh he talks about uh there's a few things of of uh a a, a person losing their memory and kind of like holding on to like the last kind of fragments of it um as well as <laughs> emily's mind is blown right now um as well as uh what it's like to be you know on the road and have it be very difficult for them and so a lot of the songs that joy sings while he's kind of uh going about his day are actually songs that are, are referencing songs on that album so that was a big part of my creative process there cool. um, for the one song that gets me hype uh uh mf dooms uh rhymes like dimes okay. it's the one the one rap song you know start to finish all the words and it gets me so excited <laughs> when i do hear it yeah. excellent excellent and Emily, what about you? Okay. It's probably one of my nerdier answers. I do not play League of Legends. Just putting that <laughs> out there. But <laughs> any of the KDA music that they put out is my jam. <laughs> I love that music. That'll awesome. get me super hype right away. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you very much. And then Aurora, did you want to do the uh, the challenge question? Yeah. Yeah, I, I did. I so apologize for that guys like my computer just like completely shut down for no reason so i'm back on with my phone and, and everything's okay so thanks for uh holding on there for me no <laughs>
we could cut it out in, in post, right? Yeah. Uh, well, we was... just sort of kept going. We kept going with questions, <laughs> so we can. Uh... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It shows yeah. that we're, we're live here. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so our last question, you actually already know. Um, so, what would you challenge our viewers to do? Um, it can be any kind of challenge. I know you already put a challenge out. Um, in our show notes. Uh, so, uh, yeah, what would you challenge our viewers to do? Yeah, so I think we are challenging the viewers this week to um, essentially create their own character. Uh, there's several ways you can go about this. D&D um, &D Beyond is a really good resource if it's your first time creating a character. Uh, it makes it really simple for you. Um, that, or if you have a friend with the player's handbook that walks you through all the steps, you can do that on paper if you're not comfortable doing it on the computer. Mark, you got any other tips for character creation? Yeah. Um, think about what actually makes your character tick. Because uh, when you go through the player's handbook, you're going to create a lot of things like, um, you know, your, your, your race and class. Um, think about what that all means to your character. Um, you, uh, what are, there's a new section in, in uh, the character creators these days where they talk about ideals, bonds, and flaws, which I think is incredible. And it's a great tool. So talk about, you know, what are, what is, in a perfect world, what, what does your character believe in? Uh, who are they connected with? Who do they feel, you know, that that bond with, as it were? And then what are their flaws? And and give yourself real flaws, not like they're a bit of a perfectionist sometime. Um, no, like real things. Um, I have a character who's self-righteous, who, who thinks that you always know what's best for everybody else. Uh, and, and it can grind on people, but that's what gives a character, you know, depth. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that definitely brought out my per, uh, personal character's um, quirks and really uh, brought her to life uh, was, you know, uh, bonds and flaws. And one of them is, like, as a changeling, like, it's actually kind of dangerous in most D&D campaigns to be a changeling. Uh, so they often have this alter persona, which is, mine's an elf, right, mm -hmm. um, that they are all the time and one of my faults is actually uh, I can get distracted if I find like a particular person is really beautiful and I start changing some of my features to match theirs yeah. um, and throughout yeah and throughout the campaign uh, you know people have discovered like people that maybe shouldn't have discovered that I'm a changeling kind of uh, you know, put one and two together. Mm -hmm. But then I became, I, I came to learn that that is probably not, uh, not the best thing to do. And she's actually mm -hmm. learning and growing and, and trying to get rid of that fault. Right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, it really adds depth to your character, um, finding yeah. their ideals and, and, and their flaws. Mm -hmm. For sure. Yeah. And D and D and beyond, um, which Emily mentioned earlier is definitely a great resource. Has all the characters yeah. I've ever played, and you can go really in depth in that. So, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. So this has been awesome, guys. Um, I've been super happy to have you guys on. Um, I this is a topic, like I said earlier, that's super close to my heart, and um, I wouldn't have had anybody else on on the show. Uh, you guys have been great. So oh, thanks. Uh, I really, really appreciate that. And um, before we get going, where can our listeners or viewers follow you guys? First, where we split the party and then personal accounts, if you want, as well. 
Uh, yeah, twitch.tv slash we split the party. Uh, you can catch us every second Wednesday. Next uh, recording. Oh, I, I guess this isn't going live today. Uh, so uh, February. Okay, let me go back to Emily. And I'll, I'll find the next time. I got to do some math real quick. Yeah, he'll figure it out. But yeah, you can basically find we split the party on all social media. We have a Twitter, a Facebook, a website. Um, we also have our Instagram uh youtube and twitch is where we go live mark will definitely be giving those those dates because he's better at math than me um Catch us this wednesday <laughs> february the 9th <laughs> we'll be recording again perfect nice. and then uh, my personal social media is uh, at primrose and neverland on instagram that's where i'm most active and then uh mark's on instagram too but you know <laughs> yeah i'm file cake it's mostly pictures of latte art <laughs> Um, uh, and before we get going, I'd like to also say to our viewers, uh, uh, please subscribe um, to our YouTube channel or uh, listen to us on uh, Spotify, share wherever you can. And um, uh, yeah, uh, thanks again for listening. And uh, thanks again, uh, Emily and Mark, for being on. Uh, it's been a pleasure. Have a great night. Bye. Bye. Ooh, 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 ooh.